sports father soccer trunks, where uh, t- every two weeks or so we talk about the wide world of soccer in less time than it takes Sepp Blatter to resign in duress. <laughs> every two weeks or so. <laughs> every two weeks or so. Or so. Or so. I am Father Kyle Sanders, a priest of the Archdiocese of New Orleans, and with me is... I am Zach Tucker, seminarian for the Archdiocese of Omaha, Nebraska. So we're going to start out with uh, Sepp Blatter. The last time that we met, uh, I was a little bit angry that all of this stuff had happened in FIFA and that he had not decided to pull out of from the race. He got elected and... I don't know if he listened to the Sports Fathers podcast, but he resigned shortly after we published the podcast. We're going to go with that he's a loyal listener. That's definitely what we're going to go with. <laughs> so, Sep, if you're listening, I am so glad that you, uh, in quotations, resigned. But can you actually resign? Yeah, that'd be nice. Because you're actually still president, and uh, there's not going to be an election between... You know, until you decide to end your reign of terror, uh, which should be somewhere between December and March. That's like that's like the air conditioning guy telling you that he's going to show up between eight and five. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, uh, yeah. So the, he's resigned, but he's still president. He hasn't resigned. Yeah. He said he will resign when there's a new election and there's somebody because he doesn't want to leave FIFA headless. Quotation marks, snorts of derision here. (laughs) Yeah, if there was closed captioning for this. (laughs) Uh, Which we don't have any video. I don't know how we can close caption it. Uh, But in other news, uh, with regards to this corruption scandal, you have the Trinidad and Tobagoan Tobagoan, Tobagan, to Trinidadian. Tobagan. The dude from Trinidad and Tobago, Jack Warner, uh, he used to be the vice president of FIFA, uh, worked very closely in CONCACAF, has just made an absolute fool of himself. I don't know if... Uh, have you seen any of the videos that he has done? Jack? I have not. Uh, I have to be honest, the first thing I read about him was in our show notes, and mm-hmm. I just started laughing, so... Yeah. <laughs> oh yes. Uh, so he uh, he go- he goes and says that he's innocent, that he's not, uh, you know. And then the next time that he gets up on stage, you know, actually in videos, usually videos that he then puts he puts to the Trinidad Trinidadian people, and uh, and he says that I will eventually reveal all the documents because they're not in my hands; they're in a third party's, which is, uh, anyways, a load of bull poo poo. <laughs> in my opinion. But he uh, he then decides, like, he gets mad at the U.S. because the U.S. is trying to take over, and then he proceeds to lift up a sheet of paper that is a computer printout of a cover story on the Onion website. And he he, he treats it as if it's actual news. For, for those of you who don't know, and I only say this because I had to explain this to someone very recently, the Onion is a satirical website satire it's it's fake it's not true it's not actual news the news the news story itself said that uh the in 2015 that the u.s got the bid for whatever so-and-so world cup in the future uh you know it was joking just because of all the stuff that had been happening uh uh, so it was just making a joke in that regards because that's what the onion does. But this guy took it seriously, and then John Oliver, who is uh, used to be on the John Stewart show and now is, has his own um, weekly news show, proceeds to then put a a four and a half minute ad in the Trinidad and Tobago in. TV station calling out Jack <laughs> Warner. Jack Warner then responds to John Oliver. <laughs> We can't make this up, people. Like <laughs> we can't. I would love to make this up, but this is real stuff. This guy responds to John Oliver, and then John Oliver responds to him. Like it, it, it. I I will put it. We will put this in the show notes. All the videos in the show notes. It is worth if you are any what any bit of a soccer fan. It is worth watching for the comedic experience. 
<laughs> it's just it's really funny. And, and if you're uh, from Trinidad and Tobago, we apologize. We don't know what to refer to your people as. I'm just gonna go with uh, yeah, uh, I, toboggans. Toboggans. Uh, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the uh, what's the grammatical term. Um, possessive. I don't know what the possessive of uh, Trinidad and Tobago is. But uh, that's difficult for like Michigan. You wouldn't have thought that the possessive for Michigan is Michigander. It is. Yeah. Oh, well, today I learned. <laughs> today you learned. Jack Warner is an idiot, and Michiganders are real. <laughs> we are such an we informative. Have a, we have a show title. We have a show title. <laughs> we are such an informative podcast for all our listeners. <laughs> We're not biased at all. Anyway, we're going to move on from corruption uh, into tournament soccer. The U.S. US was all over the place. Uh, the under-23 20, under team was in France. The under-20 team was in New Zealand. The U.S. men's national team decided to go on a European tour and destroy everybody. Uh, and the U.S. men's, uh, the U.S. women's national team is is a, uh, currently fulfilling uh, my dream of uh, moving on in the, in the World Cup day. So we will talk about all of that and more in this packed, packed, packed show. So, first of all, the you the under twenty three team they were at the Toulon tournament in France, which is a is a as a yearly tournament held uh, in France to just kind of showcase the young talent around the world. Some players that have kind of revealed themselves as awesome players in that tournament uh, in years past: Zinazin Zidane, David Beckham, uh, uh, Frank Lampard. Uh, uh, Luis Enrique. Uh, no, that's a coach. No, what's his name? The f- the fullback for Chelsea uh, with the crazy d- the, the dude with the crazy hair. Uh, Spanish guy. Uh, uh, no, not Brazilian. Anyway, we can never remember names. White Puma. White Puma. No. <laughs> Sorry. Throwback. Hey, we're at the point in episodes <laughs> where we could have throwbacks to earlier episodes. <laughs> anyway, so the U.S. Uh, there is is like a six person, a six team group, two groups, uh, and the two the two best teams from each group go to a a third place game and a final game. The U.S. were second in their group, so they were able to go to the the third place game to play England, and they won. So they won. They they ended up getting third place in the tournament. You saw highlights. Jordan Morris, who has become a fanboy, and we'll talk about him later, um, scored a goal. Julian Green scored a goal uh, that provided both uh, impetus for them to get to the final. They didn't score either. Either of them score in the final uh, or in that game, but uh, they did pretty well. Uh, and that's exciting. I'm glad to hear that that they're doing well, not just um, that that they're getting time uh, and getting goals. That's exciting. Uh, and then in the under under twenty World Cup, the U.S. were in New Zealand. They progressed all the way. They they won their division. I think uh, they came close. They lost five nil in their last game against Ukraine, and that was embarrassing. And then they moved on to the the round of sixteen. They won their round of sixteen game, uh, and then went to the uh, the quarterfinal game to play Serbia. And I ended up staying up late and watching this part of this Ooh. game. I kind of fell asleep and woke up. Fell asleep and woke up. Uh, and then the ninety minutes ended, and there were still nil nil. <laughs> and um, so I kind of like stayed up for the next half hour, and it was still nil nil. And it went to penalty kicks. Oh man. And I was, it was probably, it was a long penalty kick. There's probably eight or nine kickers. Mm. Like you, they almost went through the entire team uh, and, and then circled around back again. They lost 6-5 uh, to Serbia in penalty kicks. And we got to see players like Gideon Zalalem, who is uh, the uh, 19-year-old wonder kid from uh, Arsenal, 
that just switched allegiances from Germany to the United States. Rubio Rubin, who has uh, showed a little bit in U.S. men's national team games. Emerson Heinemann, who has also shown in one national team game and is a Fulham player. But to me, the, the, the guy who stood out the most was actually the goalkeeper, Zach Steffen. I am looking forward to seeing this guy like in three or four years. He looked solid in goal and really handed those penalty kicks well. You know, there's only so much you can do because you have to choose. But when he chose the right way, like he denied anybody. It was it was gorgeous to watch him play. And I'm looking forward to seeing what happens in the next few years if he starts to get bids, maybe probably, you know, it's, it was under 20. So he's like 19 and he's uh, one of the backs up of Freiburg, which is a German uh, German team. So hopefully in a few years, we'll get to see him uh, play. So moving on to the U.S. men's national team, they decide to uh, travel. To, they don't decide to. They mutually decide with uh, the Netherlands that they will travel to the Netherlands to uh, play a friendly game. Exciting, yeah. right? The U.S. are playing the third best team in the world, Netherlands, and Netherlands is is fun football to watch too. I've always been a fun, fun football to watch. I, I've never been disappointed in watching. Robin van Persie is fun to watch. Klaus Huntelauer, I uh, just love saying that name. Klaus Huntelauer. Yeah, that's the other part. They have great names, uh, and they, I mean, <laughs> there's nothing like uh, what's his, what is his name? Uh, I can't think of the announcer's name. He's a legend, but just hearing him yell Schneider over and over again, it's <laughs> it's awesome. But yeah, Netherlands is just fun uh, to watch. So I was super stoked that they were traveling to play them, and got even more excited as the game progressed. <laughs> Yes, uh, early on, uh, uh, artist scores a goal, um, and that kind of gives the U.S. a little bit of hope until Klaus Huntelaar then subsequently uh, scores a hat trick. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> I'm just going to drop three on y'all. <laughs> scores a hat trick against uh, the group. It does not make Brad Guzan look very well. No. Um and uh, he yeah, embarrasses pretty much uh, Brad Guzan. And, uh, but then all, all of a sudden there was this like surge and Jonathan Brooks goes into the other side of the field and then continues going and makes a brilliant pass and decides to not stop and continue running. And then another brilliant pass. And then it's passed into the box and he scores with his foot. <laughs> a center back scores on... A- <laughs> With his foot against the run of play, like a counterattack, a center back counterattack. What? Yeah, I unfortunately didn't get to watch this game or the other game versus Germany. I found an audio stream of it, and I'm just like, I'm at work. For those of you who don't know, I work at Catholic cemeteries, and I'm trying not to like yell too loudly in the cemetery. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> yeah. So that was exciting enough as it is, and then, and then Jordan Morris decides to go and show that that he's worth still keeping and scores a goal, and and um, and then Bobby Wood, who I have not been impressed with so far in the games that he has played in other friendlies uh, since the World Cup when Klinsman has started to change the group, but this guy scored a. a killer of a goal to to bring the u.s above the netherlands instead of conceding goals at the end of the game what do we do we score two of them it well, like i don't know what to I was say at, I was, we're not giving up late I, goals <laughs> I, w- I was at uh i was at uh, the bar that i was talking the the uh finn mccool's which is an Irish pub here in the city, and I was watching it with another friend of mine. And wow, like that, I've never seen, I've never seen this bar so excited at the scoring of a goal. Yeah. And I've been there, I've been there for World Cup games. I've been there, you know, it was bigger than the, the Julian Green goal uh, in the World Cup. Like everybody, wow. like everybody was like hugging each other and like, yeah, it was, it was crazy awesome. I think the Julian Green goal was the first time I hugged multiple strangers at a bar. It was awesome. So I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah. So it, it was quite exciting. Uh, and then, so there's this little break and then they decide to travel to Germany uh, and uh, having never won, the U S have never won a game in Germany. We beat Germany before. 
but we've never won a game. So we're playing in Cologne. Uh, Mario Goethe scores the first goal, kind of puts the puts us against. Then Mix Discarude uh, scores uh, to kind of bring us back together. And then Bobby Wood comes back. You know, he he's brought in in the second half. Late second with half. an assist. Late second. Yeah. Half. Again. With an assist by Brad Evans, who is also another substitute, and I'm glad to get. I'm glad he's getting some playing time, even though I don't like the Sounders. <laughs> uh, gets a, a a good, you know, uh, uh, cross into the box, and Bobby Wood just puts it home. Yeah. Second goal in two games. Where'd this guy come from? I don't know. He's playing like a man inspired, and I mean. Not to sort of gloss over his goal, but Mix's goal, too, was brilliant. Both the goals, actually, were just brilliant. Bobby Woods, he takes the cross, just one touch, very nice, and just buries it past the keeper. Uh, I was mowing at this point while I was at work and got some strange looks because <laughs> I'm, like, double fist pumping in the air as we're beating Germany <laughs> in Germany. It was towards the end of the day, so there wasn't any people there, but I was having a momentary freak out. It was amazing. And I went back and watched the highlights, and it was, uh, I don't know who this team is, honestly. Yeah. If you look about, look back at the last time we talked about the U.S. men's national team, we're kind of, you know, Same. yeah, we're getting on them a little bit, I think. Um, yeah. Just because there was a stretch of, Six games where we gave up late goals to either, I mm -hmm. mean, to lose points. Either we tied or we lost, giving up goals after the 85th minute. Now they're playing, they're going down in games, and they're not out of it. They're they're coming from behind, and they're playing solid in the final 20 minutes. It's a, It looks like a totally different team. What, what happened? Jürgen Klinsmann's German magic? <laughs> I have I have I have an opinion. Ooh, ooh opinion piece, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Opinion piece. Opinion. I really like the the center back partnership between Jonathan Brooks and Alvarado. Mm. They they had they work solidly together. When they when Orozco came in, we it, we struggled a lot more. Uh but them two together seemed to handle uh, especially with Beckerman in front of them, were able to handle very well pressure. Uh, obviously, they couldn't handle the crosses because Huntelauer just kind of destroyed them at, when, in the Netherlands game. But uh, they were able to handle Urzil. They were able to handle Goethe. They were able to handle Schürrle uh, in the Germany game uh, with minimal effect. And I think, I don't know, that might be the partnership of the future. Yeah, and that's... Because those are both young guys. Yeah, and that I think was somewhere, and I think we talked about this, where we could see sort of a weakness in the U.S. was that back line. So yeah, the development of that would definitely help shore up, if anything, shore up us, us giving up late goals. Um, mm -hmm. And then you've got guys like uh, Wood and those guys who are... Morris and, and Johansson got some time. He didn't score... But he 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 made uh, he made himself yeah. known. Those guys and and they're only going to get better, I think, as they play more and they gel more and mm -hmm. develop that that partnership you talked about. So exactly. Uh, so going from this, we're excited that uh, actually the right before the U.S. women's play in the World Cup final, I'm not hopeful <laughs> at all. Um, the U.S. men's national team is going to start the Gold Cup. And uh, Jürgen Klinsmann has named a preliminary 35-man roster, and it is from those 35 men that he will choose 23 to then go on to play. And if somebody gets injured or you know something happens, uh, he has these extra 12 players to then pull from. Uh, and so I'm, I'm going to kind of uh, share those those players, and then uh, Zach and I are going to put our picks as to who we think the 23 should be. So in goalkeeper, uh, in goal, he chose Guzan, Nick Romando, Bill Amid, who is the, the goalkeeper for uh, 
DC United, and then William Yarborough, the uh, the American Mexican uh, goalkeeper who is uh, uh, a white Mexican. <laughs> uh, <coughs> I don't I don't know how that works. Anyway, uh, then uh, on in defense. Alvarado, the surprise of the the whole thing, Demarcus Beasley coming out of possibly coming out of international retirement to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Beasler, Jonathan Brooks, Timmy Chandler, Brad Evans, Greg Garza, Omar Gonzalez, Jonathan Orozco, Tim Ream, which I'm excited about, Breck Shea, and DeAndre Yedlin. In midfield, Kyle Beckerman, Alejandro Bedoya, Michael Bradley, Joe Corona. Uh, Brad Davis, Mix Discarude, Fabian Johnson, Perry Kitchen, Alfredo Morales, Lee Nguyen, Giassi uh, Zardis, and Graham Zusin. I know those are surprises. Those are kind of normal. Then Agadello, uh, uh, Altador, Dempsey, the surprise on the, on the, the Alan Gordon, the other striker from uh, LA Galaxy, Aaron Johansson, Jordan Morris, and Chris Wondolowski. So those are the 35 guys and from which I guess we'll, are training currently right now. <coughs> I don't know when they're actually going to name the 23. Hopefully it will be after we uh, put out our 23 so that Klinsman can get some sort of idea of what exactly to do. <laughs> there you go. Do you want to go first? Uh, sure. So okay. I'm not sure if there's a conventional way of deciding how many of each position you take. There, there really isn't, actually. Okay, good. I spread it pretty evenly, so uh, we'll just go uh, back to front. Um, so I took two keepers, um, Bill... Really? Hamid no, there's and a Nick Romano. Usually they get three keepers, but go ahead. Okay, I took Bill Hamid and Nick Romano, um, mostly because I'm not a Brad Guzon fan, and in the MLS that I've watched uh, this season, I've been really impressed with Bill Hamid. Um and obviously, DC United's a pretty decent team, um, but he's had yeah. in the the games that I've watched. Uh, there have been times where he's just made brilliant saves. Um, defense: uh, Matt Beasler, John Brooks, Breck Shea, DeAndre Yedlin, uh, Ventura of Alvarado. That's a hard name to say. Uh, Greg Garza and Brad Evans. Um, I left Debarcus Beasley off. I. I mean, I think it's cool that he's coming back potentially from retirement. Um, I don't, I don't see him as as making that sort of final twenty three, um, sort of purely based on age, and he hasn't really been playing with the national team either. So I think he lo- lacks that uh, cohesiveness. Yeah, uh, in the midfield, pretty standard: Mix Discarude, Jesse Zardes, Graham Zusi, Kyle Beckerman. Uh, Badoya, Michael Bradley, Fabian Johnson, and Perry Kitchen. Um, and then forwards, uh, Altador, Dempsey, Wondolowski, Agadello, Johansson, and Morris. You, you chose Wando? I did. I'm a Wando fan, though. <laughs> I am. He's, I don't know, I could just see him as sort of like the, the, uh, the older sort of anchor of the forwards. I think he's solid. He's not. How does he anchor? All he does is run like a chicken with his head cut off. There's no anchoring <laughs> at all. Oh, I I can see your point. Uh, I don't know. I think he's past his prime. I think he's done. But yeah. anyway, he was a great player. I, I take him what? over Alan Gordon. That was, I was trying to decide between oh, him and Alan Gordon. Um, for yeah. my last forward, and I've watched a lot of Galaxy uh, this this year, just because ESPN likes to play them a lot. Um, and even just recently, they got beat real bad by Orlando, which was awesome. And Gordon just looked awful. Yeah. Um. Um. Yeah, anyway, I agree with you yeah. on that one. So that's my team. Uh. And. and- for uh, for myself, I chose three goalkeepers. That's usually the traditional mm. uh, thing. Uh, Guzan played a lot better against Germany. He had three very very important saves, um, and uh, so just for that, I will give him the nod. Uh, Ramondo and then Yarborough. Uh, so Bill Hamid, sorry, 
next time. <clears throat> In defense, Alvarado. I think Beasley is going to give some... Uh, he would be the only player over 30 in the defense <laughs> like if the, the the whole defense that you named was under 30 very little experience uh very little you know international none of them have uh more than 20 caps i think and so i think just just for defensive experience i think beasley should be there uh beasler brooks garza gonzalez reem shea and yedlin i have nine defenders wow. Now, that being said, both Shea and Yedlin can play in the midfield. So, <clears throat> I don't have a problem with doing that. Um, uh, then, uh, midfield, Beckerman, Bradley, Brad Davis. I think he also brings some experience. Mixed Discarude, Fabian Johnson, Perry Kitchen, and Giassi Zardes. I only have four strikers. Mm. Agadello, Altador, Dempsey, and Morris. Okay. I don't think, like, the other strikers, I don't think Johansson has played well enough to deserve this. I think he still needs some time. He's played fantastically at the club level, but he just doesn't seem to gel well enough, and we need to win the Gold Cup so that we can get in the Confederation Cup and build up the team even more to help prepare it for the World Cup. And I just don't... Maybe maybe at the Confederations Cup, uh, Johansson will be there, but right now, I much prefer those four because I think that they will score goals immediately. Um. So yeah. Nice. I'll take it. As long uh, the asterisks by Clint Dempsey's name should uh, include that he will be good as long as he doesn't take the referee's handbook and rip it in half and get a straight red card, like he's been known to do recently. What? I you didn't hear, hear about this? this. Yeah, I don't no. remember who it was that the Sounders were playing, but yeah, he got a straight red card after he took the referee's notebook and ripped it in half. <laughs> Like, wow. I don't like the Saunders, but part of me is just, like, impressed by that. <laughs> well, that, I mean... <laughs> I didn't see, like, I didn't see it happen, but I heard about it. I was like, wow. this is amazing. <laughs> That's, wow. I mean, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, he's a very passionate yep. player. And, uh, it, you know, so I could see him doing that. But that's big. That's just a one-match ban. That's it. That's all he got. He didn't get in any extra um, penalties. I don't know if a ruling's come down on it yet. Because um, it was. Because that seems like that's a more of that's more of just a one-match. Yeah, ban. I think it. This happened just in the last week. Um, I'm not sure. I know. I saw the Kansas City Cauldron on Twitter was saying that his punishment should be reading uh, MLS YouTube comments for 12 hours. So. <laughs> With regards to that crazy girl. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so that's my derail for the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you know... Yeah, if you know what we're talking about with the crazy girl. Yeah. <laughs> it's not because she's a girl. She's just crazy. Yep. Um, so, let's go to non-crazy women. The, the most important thing in this entire podcast is the Women's World Cup. Finally, we have come to Canada. Oh, Canada. Canada. Oh, Canada. That's all uh, I know. <laughs> so the first game, in, in, appropriate, in an almost appropriateness, you have the two connections between the queen. The one who rebelled against the queen and the place that didn't rebel against the queen against the place that is still also connected with the queen, Australia. Did that make sense? Uh, I think it would have been easier if you just said the place that rebelled against the queen and the queen's penal colony, but, you know. <laughs> okay. That sounds better. Anyway, no so... to our Australian listeners, if we have any. <laughs> no, not at all. In fact, I really wanted... Uh, Australia did move on, and we'll talk about that in a second. Um, so in, in the, in the 12th minute, uh, Megan Rapino is, is moving forward as she does. She had, she had some really horrible crosses, but she was able to get near the goal, uh, just took a shot, seemed for the hell of it because she could, and it deflected off an Australian defender and went into the goal. 
this got the U.S. going. It got them excited. It got the whole fans excited. Uh, it didn't really. Sh- it it just showed her tenacity more than necessarily her ability. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I'm still glad that she scored the goal. Obviously, yeah. it's it's one of those um, goals where, like, as a U.S. <clears throat> fan, you're super stoked about. But you can't be too stoked because it was super lucky. And as an Australian yeah. fan, you just sort of curse your luck because it was it was a very lucky lucky goal for mm-hmm. the first U.S. goal in the World Cup. And then uh, in the 27th minute, Australia caught the U.S. sleeping during a set piece, which was surprising. And Lisa Devana uh, was wide open due to both poor defending and a good assist from her teammate Heyman. And she uh, brought the the score back level. It was uh, it w- she was impressive. Devana was impressive the entire game yep. and was probably to me has probably been the in, in the three games that I've watched the she has been the single most difficult player that the U.S. has had to deal. Absolutely. with. Absolutely, it was because of her speed yeah. and. I caught highlights of one of their games after the U.S. game. Um, I don't remember who it was against, um, but she had another goal where she just burned everybody. And she's very quick, a very capable player. And this goal she scored, uh, we were sleeping, but it's also it's a brilliant ball and just brilliantly played. Yeah. Go into halftime, drawn. You know, it's exciting. You know, we kind of got the nerves begin to go, and Abby Wambach has had 10 headers already but hasn't scored anything. Um, (laughs) We're waiting. We're waiting. Anyway, the 61st minute, the U.S. uh, come back with a lot more energy coming into the second half. Uh, 15 minutes into this, Hope Solo starts this awesome counterattack from the back, connects with Rapino. Rapino has this awesome, awesome touch and then tosses the ball uh, right to LaRue who is already streaking off the side and and she's just going and then kind of like coming in the middle almost undetected is uh Kristen Press and uh LaRue hits hits the the cross press immediately first touch in the goal everybody goes nuts like everybody's happy because press should have shouldn't have been in the midfield anyway, and she should have been a striker. Uh, but you know she got her goal yep. anyway. I was this was and if anyone follows me on Twitter, they probably know this. I was ranting about press all of the first half because every touch she had was awful. Like it was not good. Mm-hmm. There were a couple of crosses that were just terrible, and she looked. I mean, I don't think it's because she's a a bad ball player or anything like that. I think it was nerves, um, but she just looked out of sorts. And then LaRue just makes this beautiful, very unselfish pass and just press just buries it. And I think I, I said on Twitter, I was like, okay, all is forgiven. Kristen press. <laughs> Cause it was very well done. Yeah, that was, and that, that counterattack was just gorgeous. Um, I hope that we do more of that. Cause that, that really, opened up a, a speedy Australian team, but we just caught them, you know, trying to sneak too much forward. And I'm okay with that. Uh, the, the third goal in the 73rd minute, Carly Lloyd started a counterattack um, on the tiring Australian defense. That's one of the good things that we have with the U.S. team is that we can last for a, lo- a full 90 minutes. Uh, she passed to uh, Rapino, who then went directly at the one defender. And the defender just couldn't handle the pressure, ended up giving enough ground to put Rapino in a place where she could get her left foot into range and just, you know, it was a beautiful goal to, to, end, to end the match yeah. uh, and to end the scoring. I I kept waiting for her to pass. I was sitting in my basement yelling at my TV going, why are you waiting so long to pass? And then she just buries it. I was like, oh, touche. <laughs> because you touché. saw it. Because, <laughs> I mean, I don't think I've ever seen Rapino dribble in, dribble in, dribble in, just almost like stare down the defender and then just rip a shot. Like she's very much a yep. uh, an enabler usually. Yeah. And yeah. I was getting frustrated because I was like, you're waiting too long and never mind. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to run out of my basement yeah. now. <laughs> you could tell she was hungry. Yep, absolutely. You could tell she was hungry. And I, I, I can't falter for that. 
Um, thing that we missed, an Abby Wabak header goal. Yep. Missing. Hmm. Where is Missing. it? Missing. Anyway, second game versus Sweden. We drew nil to nil. The first game with Australia was an exciting back and forth up to about the 75th minute when Australia started to tire. Um, but Sweden was uh, the exact opposite type of game. It would have lulled you to sleep. Yeah, this was the one of the three games that I actually didn't get to watch. Um, and yeah, okay. having read about it afterwards, it just it sounds like it was just a very <laughs> grindy soccer game and just sort of ground out to a draw. Yeah. The Sweden basically uh shut down any offensive like movement and that was it seemed that that was their goal. They just didn't want the US to score a goal. It didn't seem that they tried enough to score their own. I mean there's only 3 shots on goal between the 3 of them. The 2 of them. I don't know where I got the 3 of them. Huh. Hmm. Anyway. So, the final game against Nigeria. Uh the the US won 1-0. I was uh actually preparing a couple. I cooked for them and I'd ask, you know, is uh you know, we're going through the focus test, which is uh a test to kind of facilitate conversation and things that the couple hasn't talked about. And so we're eating dinner, I mean we're eating hot wings and macaroni and cheese and I was like, Can I have the game on just in case, you know? <laughs> you know hold on, hold on. You uh, cooked? I cook all the time, yeah. No, no, I'm just like, you cook. I heard I cooked, and then I heard you're eating hot wings and macaroni and cheese. And my thought was, uh, you should come up here and cook for me because uh, <laughs> I like hot wings and mac and cheese, and I don't think I've ever eaten them in the same meal. <laughs> oh, Mike, well, because Mac, uh, so I, uh, uh, we're going we're gonna to divulge. We're going to go off, off track right now. <laughs> this um, is not the cooking, but, uh, cooking Father's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I made I made uh, hot wings with uh, ch- uh, Cholula Cholula hot sauce and Stubbs, which is an Austin uh, barbecue place. Their wing sauce mixed, of course, with butter and some other things. Uh, that was really good. There was just enough spice to uh, to bring some heat, but not enough spice to uh, make you start crying. But to balance the heat, I made macaroni and cheese. But instead of using cheddar, I used um, uh, what did I use? Parmesan. Romano and brie, Ooh. and uh, I made some uh, stovetop macaroni and cheese, and it was glorious. Yeah, I just ate like an hour ago, and now I'm hungry again. So, thanks. <laughs> mm. no problem. Sounds, this sounds good. Um, no lie. Anyways, back so to we, were, we were talking. We were talking about communic couple communication, and um, and I I kind of hear something in the corner of my ear. And I turn and I and I watch the replay as <clears throat> Rapino uh, sends this beautiful corner, and I'm like, Abby Wambach is gonna head it. Abby Wambach <laughs> is gonna head it. Abby Wambach is gonna volley it. And Abby Wambach scores a goal in the World hey, Cup, but it's not with her head; it's with her foot. I I am Abby Wambach. You're proving me wrong. You're supposed to have the Strongest neck muscles in the world. <laughs> Throwback. <laughs> but you don't. It was a very weird goal, to be honest. Like it's a beautiful cross, but if you watch it, 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 it looks like like a rec league goal almost, because she's flying through the air and sort of like thighs the ball into the net. It's very strange. And she scored. Yeah, it's a goal. I'll take it. Hopefully that that will kind of spur her on. I know she started that game. Uh, she didn't start start the second game. She came in halfway through. Um, also in this game, uh, the Nigeria game, uh, two of the veterans, uh, Rampone and what's her name with the curly hair? Uh, defend no, Rampone. Okay, hashtag fail. Name fail again. It's becoming a theme. <clears throat> anyway, they both got some minutes, so that was good to see Rampone, especially, to get into the match. Uh, so that's exciting. They're, they're into the round of 16. And uh, so this is the current standings. This is the round of 16. You have China versus Cameroon, the U.S. versus Colombia, Germany versus Sweden, 
France versus South Korea, Brazil versus Australia. They must have done enough <clears throat> to get in. Uh, Japan versus the Netherlands, Norway versus England, and Canada versus Switzerland. Mm-hmm. I was I was happy to see Canada advance. It's always good to see the host nation uh, move on, just for the hometown fans. So, agreed, agreed. So what we're gonna do is we're going to uh, predict up to the final game. We won't predict who will win the final game, but we'll predict who gets there. Uh, so. China, Cameroon, who do you choose? Uh, I think China wins. I think China wins, too. Um, that, I uh, mean, this is going to show my ignorance a little bit. Uh, Cameroon is an African team, yes? <sighs> <laughs> I believe that they are. I will, will double-check this. Yes. While you, you have China winning as well. Uh, yes, but I believe that they're actually either playing the game or just finished playing the game. So that would kind of, like, Germany's already won the first game. So you don't, you, you kind of already have that in. Oh. Oh, Just in yeah. case you didn't already know that. They played earlier today. They did. Um, um looking to see who won. <clears throat> yes, it is an African country, by the way. Oh, I knew that. I was just. Oh. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> Where else would they would have been from? Uh, I don't know. Anyways, what I was going to say is <laughs> I, I, for some reason, thought they might have been South American, and I don't know where that came from. There's no double O's in Spanish. <laughs> I'm German and Irish. My Spanish is pretty bad. <laughs> Hola. <laughs> That's about all I got. Anyways. <laughs> One O. Just bro- <laughs> Anyways, what I was going to say is uh, the African teams have a history of struggling, uh, both in men's and women's uh, World Cup. So I think it's a pretty safe bet to go with China. Um, gotcha. I'm not sure. Uh, that game probably should have finished up pretty recently. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think it would be a safe bet to, to choose China in that game. Uh, U.S. versus Colombia. Who do you choose? Uh, the U.S., obviously. Thank you. <laughs> Um, Germany already beat Sweden. That's good because I didn't. Sweden was probably one of our dif- more difficult foes. France versus South Korea. Who? This one I thought about a little bit. I went with France. Um, South Korea ha- I think that's has a good- had a good team, but I think France will win. France has enough flair, I think, to get to get mm-hmm. there. Um, so why don't we continue with this bracket since we're already there? Um, China versus the U.S. U.S. Understandable. Like China beat the U.S. beat China what in the last Olympics, yep. right? And they beat them pretty badly, um, if I remember correctly. Uh, Germany versus France. I think this is gonna be a da, 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 World that's War II. gonna be a really good game. I think um, it will. I think if Germany. Yeah, I think Germany has the edge. Um, but with their, I think it's one of their strikers who's out because she's expecting. Um, I think that narrows the margin a little bit. Uh, that would be a fun one to watch. I don't think France has played as well to their expe- as high as their expectations have been this 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 World Cup though. I watched their game versus England and I wasn't terribly impressed. Mm. Um, I was more impressed with Australia. Um, so we'll go there. Well, so we have U.S. versus Germany. Who do you think is gonna is gonna win out of that one? Uh, one versus two. Uh, I think the U.S. wins. Yay. Okay, getting to the final. Okay, Brazil versus Australia. Uh, Australia. I was very impressed with how they played in the group. I caught their game versus the U.S., obviously. And then I saw quite a few highlights from their other... uh, I can't talk. From their other games. And I was very impressed with how they're playing. They're a quick team. uh, Deceptively quick, I think. Um, Yeah. Like, they score... When they played Nigeria, they had a goal on the break against Nigeria, which is a team known for being quick. Um, yeah. So I think Australia takes it from Brazil. That's gonna be that's gonna be a big and surprising game. I don't think people are expecting that, uh, or at least I haven't watched enough of the the pundits to know if that's actually the mm-hmm. case. Japan versus the Netherlands. Uh, I have Japan. That's a pretty yeah, easy I mean, pick, I think. Yeah, you really can't. Norway versus England. Uh, England. Really? 
I, although I, caveat, I did not watch any of Norway's games, and I saw the only highlights I saw of England was the England France game. And I was not impressed. Norway. Oh, okay. I think Norway. Canada versus Switzerland. Uh, apologies to the host nation, but I think Switzerland wins. I think Switzerland is a better team, but I'm sentimental. Mm. Canada. Uh, you're welcome, Father Derek. <laughs> um, Australia versus Japan. Ooh. My heart wants to go with Australia. I think it'd be really cool to see them sort of make a run, but I think Japan takes it. They've got a ton of experience. They're sort of one of the traditional powerhouses in the Women's World Cup. Uh, the only two players in the world that have been in more World Cups than Christy Rampone, both of them play for Japan. So I think they take it just based on experience alone. Uh, you have uh, Norway versus Switzerland. Or, or rather, England versus yep. Switzerland. I have England. You, you want England going mm -hmm. forward? Uh, uh, so I have Norway versus Canada. Uh, that's a difficult decision, but I don't think Canada can beat Norway. Um, I don't think Canada could beat England either, but, uh, I don't know if Canada could beat <laughs> You're rethinking your bracket now. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going to stick with my sentimental okay. pick. Okay. I'm okay with being wrong. I'll respect your sentiment. I'll respect your sentiment and I'll explain in a minute why, but go on. Uh, well, no, I, I've, I watched Switzerland play. The, those girls are, Wow. Uh, uh, that was that was a fun game. I don't. I think it was Switzerland versus Japan that I watched, mm. and Switzerland gave Japan a run for their money. Um, so, uh, Japan and England. Uh, Japan. So we're gonna have. Uh, I agree that Japan will win. So we're gonna have a rematch. Yep. Have a rematch. The USA and Japan for the championship and the third place game. Uh, Germany and England, which I think Germany wins. Uh, for me, it'd be Germany and Norway, and I agree that Germany would win the third place game. Uh, so, wow! And we totally, we um, totally said we weren't going to predict who wins the final game, and we totally just did. <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> <sighs> so. Oh, We're not biased at all. <laughs> no. Just one quick question. Yes. What do you think of the U.S. as a whole, how they've played through the group stages? They look scattered. Mm. Uh, they don't seem terribly organized. But uh, what, what lacks in organization is made for up in sheer willpower. Mm. They're, not, they're not uber menches. But they might be Uber women matches. <laughs> That's another uh, episode title right there. Uber women matches. <laughs> They're super women. <laughs> they might be super That's women. Uber. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> they have the will to power. Mm. Oh, wow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Those of you who aren't philosophy nerds, I'm pretty sure that was a Nietzsche yeah. reference. Yeah, that was where the Ubermensch is from, oh, too. Well, ask me that in a year. I haven't got to him yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he, came, he came up with the concept of Ubermensch. Ah, okay. Which makes it really strange with the American thing with Superman. But anyway, um, that's a whole other podcast in a different time okay. zone. Yeah, I, I just wanted to ask because I... There's been highs and there's been lows. I think the high for the U.S. has been the defense. I've been really impressed with the back line. Um, mm -hmm. Julie Johnson in particular. Oh, my gosh. Has been playing absolutely that girl's impressive. lights out. Um, she's yep. the youngest player on the team, I believe. Nope, that's uh, that goes to the winger. Oh, okay. She's the, she's the winger. I don't remember her name. Yeah, because the winger's 22 and Julie's 23, I think. Or something like that. But anyways, she's yeah. been playing amazing. Um, and she's been matched up against a couple different sort of styles of play. I was really interested mm -hmm. to see how they were going to do against Nigeria because Nigeria is known for being quick. Um, mm -hmm. I think she got beat once and made a very nice tackle. 
uh, I was, yeah, just the back line in, in, as a whole has been very impressive. Uh, the midfield has been okay. Has it been stellar, yeah. but has it been bad either? But they haven't been terribly well organized. They can't, they can't seem to, it seems that they're relying on uh, Megan Arapino mm-hmm. to get the ball down the field. Yeah. Like it doesn't seem that any other player can get the ball down the field, or they don't trust the they don't trust each other. They don't trust themselves to get the ball down the field. Yeah, and I think um, that's where the sort of disorganization starts is in the midfield, and then you can really see it in the forwards. Um, yeah, Abby particularly. She, I love Abby Wambach. Like she's an amazing soccer player, but she has looked, she's struggled in these. These first mm-hmm. games, she's looked really rusty. Um, she's looked really frustrated, and I I want her to sort of come online and be the Abby that we know she, she can be, and she needs to for the U.S. to win. She needs to come on. Somebody in the front needs to pick up the slack and to go because we there's some of these games that we're not going to win just scoring one goal. Yeah. You know? Well, and Alice Morgan really hasn't hasn't come to 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 full potential yet yeah. either. But she hasn't had the time to. She's been hurt, so right. Yeah, it'll be it'll be so, interesting yeah. going forward. I think I'm I'm cautiously optimistic, but we need to work on those front the front line woes, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's my commentary. <laughs> I don't have any commentary. No more opinion pieces? No. I just want them to uh, work. Yeah. Ditto. So I can run around anyway. my basement and my parents will think I'm crazy. <laughs> Thank you uh, so much, dear listener, for listening to us for such an extended period of time. It, I would like to remind our listeners that it took 40 years for Sepp Blatter to get himself out of FIFA. So, we have hit our... I think we did a good job. We did it. We did a percent yeah, of that yeah. uh, in 40 minutes. I don't know if that's mathematically correct, but I will say that it is. Um, you can find me on Twitter uh, on C-O-L-O-N-E-L, number four, God, Colonel for God. Zach, where can they find you? Uh, they can find you. me on Twitter as well. You totally just said y'all. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, you guys can find me on Twitter as well. It's Beggar's Son, B-E-G-G-A-R-S-S-O-N. And uh, we also uh, encourage you to uh, go to your different podcast provider, uh, iTunes or Overcast or whatever you listen to podcasts in, uh, and rate us. Uh, especially on iTunes, to rate us, give a review, uh, so that other people can hear and share in this awesome community that we're building, uh, and uh, let people know that we are, uh, we priests and seminarians are still normal people and love sports. So with that, we will talk to you later. So long, everybody.